This reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, starting at verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Psalm 103, 1-18 Praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is to those with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant. And remember to obey his precepts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so imagine you're out walking in the water meadows and you step on a loose stone. Your ankle begins to twist and the lateral ligaments in your ankle 
suddenly endure a terrible strain. Detecting this, your nerve cells order your body to take all the weight off your damaged ankle and its muscles totally relax. Now, if your other undamaged leg has already lifted off the ground, you now have no working support. One leg in the air, one on free fall. So down you go. Irritating or a sign that you are a design classic? Turns out your body would rather you fell over than continue to force the ankle to take all your weight in its twisted position. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, even if in that moment you feel an idiot and you graze your chin. This morning, we're asking whether our capacity to experience pain is design genius on our creator's part, or a curse, a mistake, or even an act of cruelty. Pain being pain, we often assume it's a curse, or a mistake, or even this act of cruelty. Let's see. Did you know that the tip of your tongue is 100 times more sensitive than the soles of your feet, or that the tips of your fingers are 10 times more sensitive than the back of your forearm? You are amazing. And few, if we're honest, are more amazing than medics who really are a bit unhinged, as there is a whole sub-branch of medicine dedicated to the exploration of the absolute threshold of pain. For instance, they measure, and I quote, how much pressure must be applied to a very sharp needle before the subject begins to experience pain. You've got to love these medics. For example, when it comes to our cornea, this is absolutely true, it takes 0.2 grams of pressure with said sharp needle for us to experience pain in our eye. Whereas with our fingertip, it takes 300 grams of pressure, about 1500 times as much before we say, ouch. Our fingertips are even more interesting. They are both incredibly sensitive. Think of a lover's touch or a virtuoso musician's performance. And simultaneously, they are incredibly tough. It'd be no good if the violin or tennis players squealed in pain every time they picked up their bow or their racket. Or let's go back to the old touchy sensitive cornea. It's transparent. It has a limited blood supply. It's very fragile in order to do what it does. Even a small wound to the cornea can cause blindness. And so a speck of dust or an eyelash will be massively irritating. A small fly caught in your eye feels like a world-ending disaster. A damaged or infected part of your body is 10 times more sensitive than normal to pain. So when you get that infected toenail or infected splinter, it is disproportionately sore. It's your body's alarm bells ringing. Be careful, be tender, get help. Your whole body is alive to the pain. You don't just experience it in your toe or your finger. All of you, it feels pain. Of course, 
We've all wished that God could have come up with a design whereby we had all the clear warning and protective benefits of pain without it actually being painful. I call two witnesses for the defense. First, an American basketball player called, ironically enough, as we'll see, Bob Gross. Bob was a fairly big thing back in the 70s. Dear old Bob injured an ankle before a crucial game and the team doctor injected his fragile ankle with a strong painkiller. Fantastic! He could run, he could shoot, he could dribble, he could do his thing pain-free. But several minutes into the game, as Bob was battling for a rebound, a loud snap was heard right across the arena. Bob was oblivious and kept on running twice up and down the court and then he crumpled to the floor. He felt no pain whatsoever but he snapped his ankle and his career was over. Pain might have saved him. Second witness for the defence, Dr Paul Brand, the wonderful Christian doctor who became a world-leading expert on the treatment of leprosy. The prevailing view when Brand started treating leprosy patients was that leprosy was like a fungus, sort of gradually eating away at the flesh, resulting in some of the startling and horrific deformities that so easily spring to mind. But Brand began to suspect that what leprosy really did was to stop people feeling pain, especially in their extremities. The, board, the body's warning system got switched off. He watched a patient pick a potato out of a charcoal fire with their bare hands. The patient noticed nothing, but their hand was badly burnt. Patients would tear a tendon or a muscle and they would never notice that through pain. They would just adjust their walking style to compensate and they'd walk with a crooked gait. Brand was stumped for a while as to why leprosy patients uh, where he lived in India lost toes and fingers as the disease advanced. To his horror he discovered that this was because rats were nibbling at patients toes and fingers at night and because the patients had no feeling they were none the wiser. You and I would have woken up instantaneously. Being a practical man Brand made sure that each patient had a cat. Pain helps us. Without it, we would lead lives of paranoia, defenseless against unfelt danger. Have you ever considered that when Jesus healed lepers, he was giving them back the gift of pain? Now healed, they could feel the sharp bite of a cut. They could feel the throbbing agony of a smitten funny bone. They could feel even a speck of dirt in their eye. I can even imagine a healed leper sincerely praying, God, I thank you for pain. Yes, you might be willing to concede. I do see how pain is an incredibly smart part of our being fearfully and wonderfully made. Maybe that you can remember a time when pain has saved you from further pain. 
And yes, pain, be it physical or emotional or psychological or relational, pain can be a really important sign alerting us to the need for change, to do something. Our culture has grown increasingly adept at ignoring many kinds of pain at our peril. And yes, a fair degree of the pain we experience uh, is not the graze your knee or break your leg while playing footy kind of pain. Uh, those are what you might call innocent, almost wholesome pain. Quite a lot of the pain that we experience is worse than that. It is the pain of abuse or neglect or plain willful nastiness. That kind of pain is harder to disentangle and justify, but it is not impossible with God's love. And yes, some pain, physical and emotional, is clearly out of control. Chronic pain is a fearsome thing. Our broken bodies and minds sometimes magnify, magnify pain for no good reason at all. And yes, our response to pain itself is broken and twisted. We ignore it, or we drug ourselves up to the eyeballs to mask it, or we drive it into our subterranean hiding places only for it to spurt out red-hot bile on others. Pain isolates us when in our vulnerability we need the sympathy and understanding and care of others. We could add to the many reasons to thank God for pain that bearing it can change us and power small steps towards gentleness and forbearance and self-control. Then one day someone might thank God for the pain that you endured, a pain redeemed.